What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Mental Health Casual. I'm not doing answering questions from Reddit. You're probably thinking, thank God, because I do this so much because I need content. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I decided to take a different direction today. You know, I mean, that's the great thing about podcasts. You get all this leeway to kind of figure out what you really want to do. And today I thought I would go into, well, let, let me just preface this, right? So I usually do one for my anime, ca- a podcast for my anime casuals and a podcast for my mental health casual uh, networks uh, each day, right? Um, and sometimes they're pre-recorded things for my anime casuals one, and then sometimes it's like a podcast that I've already edited for my YouTube channel. Um, there's not going to be one coming out this week, so that's why I'm doing one today on Monday. And, you know, I kind of had this anime itch, and I thought I would talk about some of the anime moments that really were, like, super relatable to me as a as somebody with, uh, you know, with mental health difficulties throughout my life. <clears throat> and, you know, the first one I'm going to talk about is actually one that I have talked about quite a bit uh, ad nauseum on my YouTube channel. But uh, it's going to be from Naruto. And this is a really big spoiler for Naruto Shippuden. It's not like towards the end. It's somewhere near how, like halfway through Naruto Shippuden. So if you don't want to hear that spoiler, I mean, just I'm just going to let you know. If you don't know what happens, uh, if you don't know much about the pain arc, then... Yeah, you're not going to know too much. I'm going to be as vague as I can with this, but uh, it may I may have to give you some spoiler stuff. So anyway, there's a moment in Naruto where Naruto basically has a panic attack. And for people that don't know what Naruto is, it's it's a really big anime. A lot of people typically know what Dragon Ball Z is. It's made by Shonen Jump, which is the the people that, that come out with the manga that, that do that stuff. So yeah, it's, a, it's another Shonen anime. And uh, there was a scene in Naruto where he's trying to save his best friend, but his best... Or, his his best friend but his best friend actually ran away from the village you know decided to seek power instead and it's kind of turned his back on the village and became like a national criminal and he's begging everybody to not kill him and he's trying his best but you know they can't really you know the kage or the leaders of this village of the villages that are around there they can't ignore what he's done right he's he's done I, i'm trying like i said i'm trying to be as vague as possible he's done some pretty bad things to uh, especially family members of of theirs, and he starts to realize that there's no, there might be no way that he can save this this guy, which is a really big thing for Naruto because Naruto up until then that was his main goal in life was to, or that was his main goal besides becoming the Hokage or the leader of his own village, right? And it was really hard for him to deal with that to the point where you know, he starts hyperventilating and having a panic attack, right? He's just, he's just sitting there or he, you know, he's thinking about like all this stuff and all of a sudden he starts grabbing his chest. And um, this episode, weirdly enough, came out maybe about a month or two months after I came out of the hospital after my panic attack, right? So this was super impactful for me, like for so many reasons, uh, just because A, it was, it was a character that I grew up with, right? Because this this show came back out in like 2002, but I didn't really see it till maybe 2006. I think that might be when they started dubbing it. I, maybe it might have been earlier than that. I'm not too sure. But the, you know, then I started watching it on my own. Then I started reading the manga. And this character was just one of the strongest characters that I've ever seen, right? And, you know, not to, not to crap on Goku from Dragon Ball Z, but... Goku doesn't have these kind of philosophical, I don't know, uh, nuances to himself, right? He's 
usually just kind of like, I just want to fight. I just want to fight. I just want to fight. And listen, I mean, that's why we all love Goku, right? But at the same time, when you see somebody like Naruto, who you've looked, who you've looked at as this pillar of strength and, you know, quite frankly, maybe a little bit of a Mary Sue for people that don't know what a Mary Sue is. One of those characters, kind of like Batman, where it's like they somehow survive like the weirdest things, kind of like plot. They have like major plot armor. And yeah, I just remember seeing this and just feeling like, oh, you know, maybe, you know, even though somebody was that because right before this arc, there was a crazy battle and he ended up coming out on top and becoming like hero of the village, which is something that he never thought, you know, which is something that he was going to try and get through being a Hokage. And you know, these people used to shun him because he's got this demon fox inside of him that, uh, like, murdered a lot of their family members in the in the past. Um, it wasn't Naruto in particular, but it's the fox inside of him that was sealed inside of him. And, yeah, seeing that, seeing him go from this, well, A, from, you know, the, the whole first part of the arc, or the whole first part of the story is him, you know, kind of being shunned by everybody, then becoming you know, a pretty respectable ninja. And then eventually becoming the hero of the leaf and then getting back down to this person who is sitting there having a panic attack and has to sit on the sidelines for a bit. I mean, it was really cool to see. And, you know, he has a revelation after that. I mean, I think that's kind of a really common thing in mental health, right, is that you end up going through these revelations, you know, through these rock bottom moments, right? You can either stay at rock bottom or you can figure out how to never be here again. Or, you know, how to, you know, because obviously you want to build yourself up, but you also want to figure out, okay, maybe I need to build a bridge here that will, I'm sorry, I'm using metaphorical language here, but, you know, maybe I need to br- build a bridge here that will make it so I don't fall down, you know, make making sure you fill up the pitfalls that have happened to you throughout your life. And that's really what Naruto, um, that's really what Naruto did for me, you know, he, he really, it really, uh, it really showed me a lot about a perseverance and about, um, and that, you know, even though you have such a traumatic thing happen to you, that it's not, it's not all over, you know, and that that's such a beautiful thing to me. So, you know, that's my first one. Um, another one that I wanted to bring up is from another shonen anime. So we typically call these ones the big three, which are, so the big three are, I guess you would consider it like a Mount Rushmore of anime in some ways, except with three instead of four heads. Um, but typically... When we talk about the big three, they're all shown in anime. So Dragon Ball Z, uh, One Piece, Naruto, and it used to be Bleach, but then Bleach fell off a little bit. So it's it's mainly those three. Before I think it was Dragon Ball Z. What what was it before actually? Dragon Ball Z. Shoot, yeah, I actually don't remember what it was before that. So I guess you know you could say it's a big four, but anyway, in One Piece there is a major incident that happens. I'm like I said, I'm going to try and avoid spoilers, but. This happens after the Marine Ford arc, um, and I know a lot of people don't want to get into One Piece anyway because it's so long. Uh, but w- Luffy is one of those, uh, another one of those characters that is really uh, the main character, the main protagonist of One Piece. He is a pirate, and his dream is finding this this treasure called One Piece, which uh, would make him the king of the pirates, and that's what he wants to be. And he goes through a lot of struggles and. Um, he has a pretty major failure at Marine Ford, and after that, he's just wondering because somebody very important to him dies, and he's just thinking about like he goes crazy, right? And he's severely injured, so he's just punching everything. And the the doctor that that worked on him said, you know, like he has to stop doing this, or else he's going to bleed out again, or he's going to like you know open up all his wounds. 
And this guy named uh, Jinbei, who's one of my favorite characters in all the anime, right? He goes up to him and, you know, starts trying to stop him. And he finally, you kind of gets real with him. Like, you know, here you are being this like spoiled brat, but you know, you're thinking about everything that you've lost. Think about everything that you have. And then all of a sudden Luffy starts counting down his crew members. Right. And he starts remembering. Sorry, I'm getting a little like, I'm getting a little choked up thinking about this, but he's thinking about the people that he has and not the people that he's lost. Not saying that we don't honor the people that we've lost, right? But when he says that to Luffy, man, I mean, it is a powerful statement, you know, because how many times do we go through life just thinking about, oh my God, I've lost this, I've lost this, I've lost this. Oh, I'm never going to become this. I'm never going to become that. You know, why don't you think about what you have, what you've done? what you've accomplished in your life. You know, we always look at the things we don't have and the, and the things that we've lost there, you know, um, what do you know? What, what's that song? Uh, you don't know what you got until you, um, until it's gone. You don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. That's what it's, <laughs> uh, you ever do that where you have to like sing out a song before you remember the lyrics, but yeah, man, I mean, it was a really powerful message to me. And I think it's one of those messages that, that really like echoes throughout all of anime you know it, it's it, it's uh but you know it's it's a universal message right i mean i think that's why i'm bringing this up on my mental health channel right is because a lot of these messages have a lot to do excuse me with you know they have a lot to do with hu the human experience the human experience is all about losing things you know make no mistake about it it is all about losing things but in losing things, you also gain the ability to to uh, achieve things, to gain things, to realize your potential. You know, there's so much there that can really um, that can really help you. And so my next one is from a very interesting anime. Um, it's from an anime called Berserk, and I, I'll be real with you. This is one of the most brutal anime. And by the way. Uh, Rest in peace to Kentaro Miura, I believe his name is. He is the creator of Berserk. He actually just passed away a couple of days ago. So uh, rest in peace to you. But I remember I first... So what happened was I first heard about this uh, anime from a, from a series called Death Battle. Death Battle is a, is a YouTube series, but then it got picked up by Rooster Teeth. It's a, it's a series that basically pits two people against each other that wouldn't normally be pitted against each other. So let's say you get like Superman versus Goku, right? Two people from other universes. What have they, uh, what have they done? That uh, Thanos versus Darkseid, um, Thor versus Wonder Woman, right? People that normally wouldn't be in, uh, you know, you normally wouldn't have talks about, but they try and use, they try and use science, like, you know, scientifically showing what they've done in the comics like if they hit a boulder at this speed you know they calculate that and they show you know how much they can do how much they can take all that kind of stuff so that's typically what death battle is about anyway i saw this death battle between uh guts from berserk and nightmare from soul edge uh and guts from berserk is just he seemed like this really wacky character but he comes from a very difficult you know, a very difficult background. Okay, so I, I'm gonna go through some some of the things. And I'm gonna be real with you; these are very traumatic. So if you're pretty squeamish to things such as rape or or you know anything like that, you know, I completely understand. I've gotten through ten minutes of this already, so um, I completely understand if you don't want to hear this. But I think it's important to describe these things, or to not. I'm not gonna go into detail, right? But um, I think it's important to say these things to show you where guts comes from. So guts starts out. You know, he, he's, he was born, he, so first off, actually, let me talk about how he was born. Uh, you know what? I'm trying to think if I even should talk about that because 
Uh, yeah, I guess I should. So basically, he was born from his mother, who was the um, the prostitute or the the they they use a different term. I'm just gonna use prostitute here to be a little nicer of a mercenary group, and he is born while she is being hung um, from these bandits. Uh, so he's literally born while his mother is dead, right? Like she's dead and then she has him and he's there. And then he grows up with his father, Gambino. Um, I don't remember, I don't think it's actually his father, but I think Gambino is the one that actually takes him in. Anyway, he ends up getting all kinds of stuff done to him. You know, he's, he's beaten a lot. You know, Gambino doesn't take it easy on him just because he's like seven or, and then um, there is an insinuation that when he was very young, Gamino um, raped him, and he goes on to get his first kill at the age of nine, I believe. At the age of nine, he's on a battlefield and he kills somebody. Uh, you know, eventually kills Gambino in self-defense, leaves that mercenary group, goes on, and you know, yada yada yada. And eventually, he joins this group called the Band of the Hawk, led by this guy named Griffith, who is this shining commander and all that kind of stuff. And there's two reasons why I bring up uh, I bring up guts, but I or a berserk in particular is because of Griffith and guts because they both show an interesting plot line. And so let me go into that first. So Griffith is the leader of this band of the Hawk. Everybody trusts him with his life, with their lives. He actually beats guts in a duel. So when he beats him, he ends up, um, he ends up actually uh, when Griffith beats him, he tells him, Hey, I want you to be a part of my band of the Hawk. Right? So they, he ends up being like a very big commander of his and, you know, being very useful, right? He's very good with the sword. He's been a mercenary forever. Um, and so he go through this and eventually Guts decides, you know what? I think it's because G Griffith always has seen people. He, he's never seen anybody as quite like a friend, right? He even says this in a cutscene. He says, you know, I, I only see people who I see as my equals, as my friends. I don't really see them as my friends, right? Which sounds kind of, it sounds kind of rough, but it fits with his character, right? He is the leader. He is the chosen leader and all that stuff. So anyway, Guts decides, okay, you know what? I want to be somebody worthy of that friendship. So I'm going to leave the Band of the Hawk. The problem is Griffith is says, you know, hey, you can, you know, we made a promise. If you can't beat me, then I'm not letting you go. Guts ends up beating him pretty handedly, I should say, and leaves. And Griffith goes insane because all of a sudden he something broke off from him something that he had never thought before and he loses his freaking mind right it goes it goes crazy has uh has sex with a princess that he knew loved he knew he could get with at any time but he he abstained from it because of obvious backlash and all that stuff but once they figure out uh once they find him doing this he gets imprisoned uh imprisoned for a long time they cut out his tongue they do all this stuff and he eventually loses all hope right now, this is where we get into the hope part, right? So all of a sudden, uh, Guts eventually comes back to try and save him. The the, the people end up, uh, some of the uh, the Band of the Hawk find him and they say, hey, we need your help to get Griffith out. He helps Griffith get out of this pri prison. And Griffith is like like skinny. He's he got his tongue cut out. He's just, you know, everything. And, and yeah, it's really bad. And, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's pretty rough, right? And Griffith... At the end of his in, in, of his insanity, just he gets this call from like a, a light or like a like a voice in his head, and it says, "Hey, are you willing to sacrifice everything that you have to achieve greatness?" And because he's always had this vision of his life to be great, because he, he came from nothing, right? Um, he decides to take it, and in doing so, he ends up summoning like a bunch of demons to the world. 
they destroy like most of the band of the hawk. Guts is forced to uh, watch his his girlfriend, um, you know, have all sorts of things done to her, including being raped and all that stuff. And so Guts ends up uh, losing his arm because he cuts it off to try and save her, um, losing an eye and losing a lot in that battle. And then eventually it kind of goes that's that's like before crazy i call it bc and ac before crazy and after crazy so that's before crazy right and then the the during crazy is the 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 demon arc and then after crazy is when all these demons are just all around the world and nobody knows why the hell they're here but it's mainly because of griffith and so you know it becomes this point you know i know i'm going really deep in this but i think it's really it's really important for you to know the backstory before you guys get why this is so hopeful so guts ends up in this new world right he gets a new arm and he gets a really cool a badass sword that's like i'm not even kidding you i think it's seven feet tall and 400 something pounds like it's it's called the dragon slayer it's pretty badass but anyway uh and he has an arm that can shoot out a cannon cannonball it's pretty pretty dope uh but anyway he is marked with this brand as as his his girlfriend that was you know brutalized um that makes it so demons are attracted to him right and so every single night, the way you typically when demons come out, they're always going after him. So he almost gets no sleep and he's always fighting demons late at night. And it was there was a scene in there where um, Guts is in this castle and there is this like very strictly religious group who believe that these demons are here because of, you know, blasphemers and all that stuff. And Guts kind of turns that whole thing on its head. So they want him dead. And some of the people from that group realize oh the the you know one of the cardinals is a freaking crazy person and he's also a demon himself right and so guts kills him and then you know they're surrounded by this gigantic ooze that just um obliterates everything in his path and everybody else is like we're all gonna die and guts is the only one that says no we're gonna make it we're gonna make it to morning and it was such a weird moment in the series for me a because uh the the anime is a little rough it's it, they've tried to do it in the cgi and for people that don't know cgi is just and anime just don't go together right now um but you know it, it works sometimes just not all the time anyway uh and uh, you know when he said that the, even the girl that is strictly religious right because when you think about religious people typically all they have is uh, like all the, not all they have but you know one of the things that they really stick on to is hope right they stick on to that idea of hope and and that there is an afterlife these people were all hopeless and he's literally in one of the most hopeless situations he says we're gonna make it to tomorrow and i remember hearing that and thinking wow if somebody like that could say now obviously i know it's fiction right but it puts things in perspective if somebody in that situation can say that why can't i say that i want to live tomorrow and you know while i'm living in this reality right you know why you know guts is going through literal hell i'm going through my own hell that i'm creating to a certain degree right to a certain degree some of our you know i don't know how much i mean it really depends on the person right some people suffering is is uh completely like theirs like they just kind of hold on to it for some reason and i you know i don't want to say i don't i don't know the percentage of people that that do that but you know maybe the more more mentally ill people are the ones that keep that suffering in or you know they've done they've had something done to them that that kind of ruins their ability to let go of things right and so you know it made me realize that i was like i have to live another day like i have to keep living or else 
you know, it's all over. Like, you know, Guts realizes it's all over for him if he doesn't live the next day. And that's such a that's such a beautiful message in in life, you know, is to really do um, do what you can and do what you love um, while you can. You know, I think that's really, I, you know, it's funny. I say this a lot, but there, there's a great quote that says, uh, that says basically, uh, the way that you view death is the way that you live your life. And man, when you think about that, I mean, it is, it is crazy, man. I mean, it is a little bit, right? If you think of there is an afterlife, sometimes people go to the extreme and they're just like, oh my God, I need to, you know, oh, there's another, there's another life after this. So I should be good, you know, something like that. And so, yeah, it's pretty, I don't know, man. It's pretty crazy, dude. It's, it's pretty, pretty crazy to think like that, but you also have to think about it, right? You know, the people that maybe are more atheistic in nature, a lot of times they, they realize that this is the only life to live and that. So they kind of live to the fullest in some degrees, right? So there is a downside to being, um, to only being one way, right. Instead of being, you know, a little bit more open to other things, right? Um, even if you believe in reincarnation, there's a different way that you view life to a certain degree. Um, but yeah, man. And then there was one more that I wanted to bring up. And now this is a major spoiler for this series. I can't really go into this without having a spoiler uh, alert in place. Uh, and since you, if you made it through most of this video, you know, you're more than welcome to, to you know, ship out now. I'll probably be back to answering questions from Reddit tomorrow. Uh, but anyway, there is this moment in... Um, there's uh, the series called Your Lie in April, and it was one of the first really, really sad series that I'd ever seen. And it was there was this moment in there where uh, this girl Cowdery, right, is and by the way, spoiling the entire series here because this is it, you kind of know what's going to happen in the beginning, but you know, um, there's this girl Cowdery who is, has this really incurable illness. You don't learn this till a lot a little bit later in the series but you know and she really wants to have this um have this boy play piano for her because she first saw him when she was like really little and he was like a child prodigy but then one day his mother ends up dying and he loses the ability to hear music and this is the boy is going to be another part of this right uh kose <clears throat> and so uh Kaori ends up you know pretending to be somebody that she's not you know she gets uh she used to wear glasses, but now she wears contacts. She does all this stuff, trying to get his attention and ultimately trying to make her dream come true of playing on the stage with him and doing it to the best of her ability. Well, she does end up uh, dying in the very end. And there's this really beautiful scene of her spirit playing. Uh, she, she's, she's a violinist and she's playing. She's accompanying uh, Kose, who's a pianist, um, you know, on his one of his uh, last or his last performance of the series. And... You know, and ultimately, because of her, she, he got back into, he was able to hear things again slowly. But um, now, even though I just thought she would be a good way to kind of bring us into this series, because, you know, obviously living life to your fullest, despite knowing you have a terminal illness is is tremendous. Right. And she even she even opts to take a surgery, which is really risky that could just kill her on the spot instead of giving her like, I mean, maybe months um at the most and she would still have to she'd have to be like excuse me hospital ridden so she decides to take and you know it doesn't doesn't work i mean it happens in real life too right and there was this uh and so kose in there the reason why he can't hear music 
after his mother dies because his mother is very very abusive to him she's like you know one of the what one of those teachers that like I, i've heard these stories before but uh, it doesn't happen in the anime but if you want to think about it like this you know the people that slam the 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 cover on the the piano students hands if they mess up or something like that never understood that because then you know if you mess up their hands it's not good so but anyway you know he ends up losing his ability to hear music so he loses his, part of his identity for a while right he's this great musician that is fantastic at piano and he loses that ability of his and it takes this this girl to really bring him back into the light because she's not a traditional violinist in any way like she she she's a good violinist right but she doesn't exactly follow all the rules of traditional styles like she'll uh for people that don't know music competitions typically what they'll do is they ask you to uh to do the music basically by like by the book like if you go off on any tangent like you're gonna get deducted points and so so they want to see how well you can reproduce it how well your crescendos are right how, how how you can get louder and low you know um softer all that kind of stuff and she just says you know basically like fuck it you know i'm not <laughs> I, i'm gonna play this the way that i want to and i'm gonna challenge my pianist to to follow me with it and you know it takes this very carefree attitude to get this guy out of his out of his ditch right because he is just he is just in you know every single time he's playing music it's almost like he's he's drowning in water like you know that feeling in water when somebody like is saying something to you but your ears are underwater and you all you hear is you know you can't really exactly hear them that's kind of what it's like for him and you know it kind of goes back to like the naruto thing when you hit rock bottom you know sometimes you you know it depends on how you take it from there well in this one it took another person to really bring him out of there and actually it's the same thing with naruto if it weren't for the villagers and some of his friends that actually helped him he probably would have become exactly like uh, his friend that that left the village and became an international criminal um and kosei probably would have never picked up a piano again if it weren't for that girl and basically what i'm trying to say here is you know you're not alone in this I, this is how i wanted to bring it together right you know you're not alone in this you have to realize that there are so many people suffering with mental illnesses around the world right and you know for you to think that you're alone in this that's typically how things like um how how things like uh like like evil acts are committed right when you feel like you're truly all alone when you feel like you can just shoulder the world's problems on your shoulder like you, you can just you can just take all the world's problems on your shoulders right that's typically when i find my breaking point is when i try and take on everything by myself you know i, I mean it's happened right in the last like three weeks i just I was really feeling rough just because my, you know, my pastor was, was indisposed for a little bit and, um, you know, I had a really bad accident happen and I just, I didn't, I didn't know who I could talk to after that. And it was really, uh, really a tough thing. And, you know, I just went back to church yesterday and, you know, he, he was really happy to see me, you know, kind of said, Hey, I'm really happy to see you back. You know, it's really good to see you. And I don't know, man. It, it's weird when hearing somebody actually glad to have you back. You know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a really weird feeling. I guess I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it right now. But it's, it's weird because I'm so used to people just not, not, not saying that it doesn't ha it does happen to me a lot. But you know, you're not expecting people to really be happy that you're there. You know, why would they be? You know, 
I'm, I'm not saying anything new to anybody here that has mental illness. It's not, this is not a new revelation for people, right? We always think that nobody wants to, you know, people, we'd be better off if we just died, but man, you know, it, it's, it, it's a, that's why I think it's so important for people to become a part of a community of any sort, whether it's a religious community, whether it's a, you know, if you like video games, maybe you join a discord, you know, I don't know anything that really works for you, you know, and man, it's, uh, it, geez, man, it's, a. Uh, it's a really powerful thing when somebody wants you to be there, you know, and you can really, you can do that by just becoming more, more social, you know, and having more friends, you know, that's really what's going to anchor you. The more things that anchor you to this world that you, you know, that are good and tangible are going to be the things that keep you in this world. You know, if you, all the things that keep you in this world are like, fictionalized things right like you know with me in anime for a while it actually became to the point where i just wished i was in an anime and not in this world eventually once i met those people in my life that were part of this world and were also also a dear part of my experience that's when i really found my home that's really when i realized oh with these people here maybe i can become grounded and you know, it, it can be a double-edged sword too, because, you know, when my pastor was indisposed, it really broke me a little bit. And, you know, I had to deal with a lot, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a uh, lot, just a lot. And uh, yeah, you know, and luckily he's back and, you know, luckily I'm back too. And, you know, maybe it's time to find some more anchors to help me out. You know, and hopefully you guys can find your anchors out there. Um, as always, guys, uh, don't forget you guys can check out All Things Casual on our link tree in the description box down below. Also, if you'd like to email me, you can email me at me uh, mentalhealthcasual at gmail.com. But as always, guys, don't forget to keep it casual.